0: Hello and welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm your host, Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a self-development resource for people who are navigating herpes stigma. What I want to come on here today and speak to is some recent messages that I've gotten from people. Um, I often say that whenever I'm on the edge or thinking about ending this and moving on to something else, there's always a message that comes. That is not what happened today, just so y'all know, (laughs) all right? Um, wow, you know, I'm on the live right now And I got people here Usually I'm on here for a few minutes by myself I'm a little, now I'm nervous Y'all ain't supposed to be here <laughs> um, But no, thank you all for being here If you do have any questions, please feel free to Send a message um, And this will be, this is being recorded For the podcast, so just so you know um, If you have a question Write it in, and I am absolutely Happy to respond to it Um So I received a couple of different messages, one of which is in regard to um, someone having been in a relationship for a while, a lot longer than they should have, considering that both of them have herpes and they stayed in the relationship with that person because it was easy. And what they ended up tolerating was a lot more of emotional abuse than they should have now nobody should have to deal with any sort of abuse period but this person made it a point to um, emphasize that this was something that contributed to them wanting to end their life and so with that being said you know it's it really goes back to the core of what something positive for positive people originated as which is being a suicide prevention awareness resource for people who are navigating herpes stigma. And it doesn't just look like someone got herpes, the doctor misdiagnosed them or just told them go on about their business. There's so many more complexities to it. The way that they navigate their relationships, uh, if they're in a relationship, how the dynamics around that change, I think, have more influence on a person's behavior than their actual diagnosis does. Because, again, our sexual health is mental health. And our identities are super interconnected with our sexuality oftentimes just because that's the way that we've gone about connecting with people sex is one vehicle of connecting with other people we can use that for just physical satisfaction but I think at the core of it all what we really want is that sense of intimacy the energetic exchange that comes with not just being as vulnerable as you can be in your body but also feeling safe to be as vulnerable as you can be in your emotions in your energy and being able to just completely melt and disintegrate and dissolve into another person's being and y'all get that experience with each other i actually had a dream and (laughs) it's so funny when i remember dreams that i have but i often wake up and i write them down real quick but uh, in this dream, I remember there was this big robot alligator, huge, because I played this game called uh, Horizon Dawn or something like that, and they had, like, robotic alligators. It was post-apocalyptic world, and uh, there were just these robots that were artificially made because we just needed animals to do things for the environment. So this big-ass robot alligators, like, coming at me, and then I don't know what it was, like a shark just head butted, And I look up and this is where it get weird, y'all. It was Jessica Alba uh, and some dude. I don't know who this dude was, but they like hugged each other and they just fucking turned into stardust or something. And they were two different colors and they merged and just disintegrated into the air. And I remember looking up. I went, oh, I want that. And then not too long after that, I woke up. But the dream didn't have any point at all. <laughs> but uh, I think that that's what. A lot of us want in regards to intimacy so when we begin to look at our relationship to sex what we begin to find is that maybe there's something more there and herpes appears to be a barrier to intimacy for us and therefore we 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 tend to panic when we when it gets to the point of us needing to figure out how we're going to disclose and put ourselves in a vulnerable position to either receive or be declined or have our uh request for intimacy declined and so um what what was i going with that I lost it. But uh what I wanna say, especially to this person, uh we've spoken, they're in a safe situation, they're able to get away from um the relationship. But I, I, I see this, like I I see this often. I don't share all of the messages that I get, I don't share everything simply because there's sometimes it's just not appropriate. Uh, depending on where the person is, and it doesn't feel good to even ask. Sometimes people will volunteer for me to be able to share what their experiences are, or share screenshots of their story, and that's cool. Um, But yeah, oftentimes there's there's a lot more to this than what's on the surface. There, There are so many other elements to these people's experiences, and I hope that the ones that do get shared are enough to support someone who may be in a similar situation and help them figure out a way to get out of it. Or if they are in a situation, they can figure out how to navigate it for themselves. Right? Um Another message that I received, well, finishing up with that one, she did mention um, attempting suicide. And she said that, Um, myself and safe sluts uh, resources have been really supportive to her as she managed to get to a point of recognizing a need to get out of that relationship. And she said that they settled things with uh, a lawyer. They're going to be in the same house with each other for a bit uh, as they begin to dissolve things uh, from, I guess it's the divorce. Uh, She said lawyer. I don't know that she said divorce, but um, I'm safe to assume that that's what it is. So, it's This isn't something to stay in an abusive relationship with somebody over. It's, it's not. I mean, I understand that there are circumstances where people will remain in these types of relationships, but there, abuse is just something that no one should have to tolerate. And it's just unfortunate that that's a reality that people have to go about for themselves. Um, and I'll be the first to acknowledge that sometimes healing is a luxury, um, as necessary as it is going through your own healing process and figuring out what it is that you need for yourself in order to have a good quality of life, in order to have a healthy life, a long life, and one that is fulfilling to you. Sometimes like we just don't have access to it and we have to take it in in whatever ways we see possible. Um, And that's what a lot of these stories that people are sharing do for people. It provides people with a template, a framework, uh a story that could potentially be parallel to an experience that someone else might be having. And if they're having that experience and they're able to take it in, digest it, and take what is necessary and then poop the rest of it out. Um so yeah, that that's something that's really important. And I'm I'm not sharing this necessarily to raise awareness that people with herpes end up in abusive relationships, because it's not the case. Like I I generally say that most people who have herpes are okay. Most of these people I will never talk to. So more of the stories are going to be more so on the negative side than on the positive side, for sure. Simply because if someone does have herpes and they're in a relationship, what reason do they have to look out for, um, any sort of resources that are going to help them with navigating something that they don't need help navigating so Uh, In my mind, what I like to say, I don't have any statistical proof of this, but I think that 85% of the people who do have herpes are okay. And I might hear from the remaining 15% of people who might be just getting out of a relationship, who might be opening a relationship, who have to go back out into dating, who need to disclose, who are newly diagnosed. These are the people that I'm hearing from. So that's why the majority of stories tend to have so much negative connotation to them. All right. So I I don't want people to think that this is fully representative of who has herpes in this whole entire audience. It's only representative of a small portion of people who I hear from when I do hear from them. So just take that into consideration as you think that nobody out here has herpes or uh, you're discouraged from disclosing to people. Or when you do get to a place of being ready to disclose to someone that you think that you're going to get rejected. The real Likelihood of rejection is actually one out of three. So there's a 33 point chance, uh, 33.3 percent chance that you will be told no thanks after disclosing your status. What we don't look at is a 66.6 percent likelihood of a person not rejecting you. And that that person that we disclose to uh, will essentially say I have it, too, or they'll be like, tell me more. You know, and that's a sign that is positive about moving forward. So please, please keep that into consideration when you're disclosing and, um, this is a really good transition into the next uh, message that I received, which was from someone who's really struggling with uh, disclosing to a potential partner. This is someone that she likes. And I, I see this often where we put people on a pedestal. We put them way up here. And when you put someone up here, it's not that you have put them up here. It's that you have put yourself down here beneath their level. I don't like the concept of uh, raising standards or. Leveling up, I think that we expand. We level out more so than uh, leveling upwards. And when we have this expansion to ourselves, we're more easily able to connect. Like, think about smells. Don't think about it like steps and ladders, because then you make it to where things are so unattainable because you have to like look up there and it's like, man, that's a long way to go. This is discouraging. I have to get up there. And if you put yourself on that pedestal, you put other people so far beneath you that you wouldn't be able to connect with people that you do have the potential of uh bringing into your space in a way that aligns with what you're looking for so think about it as like smell right so your energy is parallel to how you smell you may not be able to see it you cannot touch it but you know that within that area that there is something that you're drawn to of leading with your nose or leading with your intuition. Right. Again, two paths of getting there. You don't see what someone's energy is. You might see what they have on. Maybe that's something that's attractive. But begin to look at it from the perspective of uh, identifying these invisible or intangible aspects of another person so that you can begin to connect with them. And also for yourself, be able to allow yourself to be attainable. Don't make yourself Uh, have these unrealistic standards for yourself, or put yourself down so low because of your herpes diagnosis that you don't have any standards at all. I think people make that mistake as well. So when it comes to getting to a place of being able to disclose your herpes status to a partner, one of the first things that you'll want to do is be able to understand how you feel saying I have herpes out loud. I say it, (laughs) More often than anybody else probably would Simply because when people ask me what I do That's one of the first conversations that comes up But for me, looking into this camera right now And saying to you all, I have herpes there isn't a feeling that comes up for me anymore because i've said it so many times so i encourage you to practice that practice seeing how you feel when you say out loud i have herpes and look at how your body language may shift or change think about what the feelings are inside of you do you feel an intense sense of stress do you feel a sense of calm do you feel a sense of relief is there an excitement to it because you know that you're probably about to get some because you're about to have to disclose your status to somebody and let's make Make it into that. Like, let's make it about that. Don't put the pressure of success or failure of disclosing your herpes status to a partner into um, a success or failure situation. Because the fact that you're even telling them about your status in itself is a success because you see this person as someone that you would like to share intimacy with in that way. Because if they're going to be receiving this information, then that means that they've already passed the test that you've put in place to see if they're even somebody that you do want to sleep with. And so doing that and then going into, okay, now how do I disclose my herpes status to this person? It becomes a completely different uh, conversation for yourself. And so. Now you can start to assess, Okay, am I compatible with this person? Is this someone that I want something short term or long term with? Do we see eye to eye on things that are going to be important uh, if we are to sustain a long term relationship? You have to ask these questions. Don't ask, how do I disclose my herpes status to this person? Because it often isn't even about the how it's about the if if you should even be. Uh, Considering this as a potential partner, you know, do you like them? Uh, Do is there mutual compatibility? Why do you like them? And I hate to make dating any more complex than it already has to be because it, it is. It's just it's a challenge. It's difficult. And there are so many options and choices and compatibilities and incompatibilities. And we don't even we don't even want to get to the point about timing. Like timing is so key when it comes to dating as well. But without that, like we can just remove the whole component of The fact that you have herpes and just allow yourself to date allow yourself to be with this person and see if there's somebody that you want to even share that space with so take the pressure off of yourself when it comes to uh the disclosure piece and allow for yourself to really um just engage with the person and see if y'all are even a fit for each other because more often than not you'll be able to find someone who's a better fit but the thing is Uh, it's about being able to allow yourself to be present with this person. And you cannot be present if you're always in your head about when or how am I going to disclose my herpes status. And another thing you can do to be completely honest is just put it in your dating profile that that'll knock out a lot of this. And now of course, some people don't always read the full profile. So you might have to address it, um, in your initial conversations. So there's everything has pros and cons, but please stop. Putting this pressure on yourself to have the perfect herpes disclosure that no one will be able to say no to. Like, oh, if I say it this way, they'll never be able to tell me no. Like, they'll have to say yes and move forward and sleep with me. I don't want to have to sell you on sleeping with me. You know whether or not you want to. And it's the same thing um, with you, knowing whether or not you wanted to sleep with that person. And from there, it just becomes a matter of are we compatible? Is this going to be good? Like life is way too short for bad sex and you have set you you set yourself up for having bad sex when it becomes challenging for you to communicate something as simple as STI status to a person that should be mature enough to be able to at the very least have that conversation with you. So. These were just a couple of the messages that I've received. um, Well, not just today, but uh, yesterday as well, I believe. And of course, I get the thank you messages, and I always appreciate those. Those really do, in fact, keep me motivated, keep me going. Um, I, I love it. I am very much appreciative of. All of the support, all the podcast guests, all of the ratings, the reviews, um, the donations, of course, and I'm I'm here. You know, if people have questions, I don't have a problem with answering those questions. I think um, uh, that it's very important for us to be able to exchange dialogue and be able to say out loud, sometimes for the first time, that we are living with herpes we have herpes and to be able to share our own experiences with each other and talk about them because sometimes we don't have people that we can talk to about these things and when we don't have anyone that we feel safe enough to talk to about it we'll hold it inside it'll fester inside of us and then we'll begin to have opportunities where we just might not Disclose to somebody and we'll rationalize it really easily for ourselves. We may have situations where we decide, you know, to half-ass disclose or uh, finagle some statistics so that our likelihood of not having to deal with the emotional labor and fatigue of rejection um, becomes irrelevant. So we want to, these are just human things. We want to be able to do these things and we want things to be as easy as possible for us. But the reality is that it is a necessity. And while it's still like a luxury you know, to go through your healing process and work with a licensed uh, medical professional What something positive for positive people does is offer donation based therapy, donation based coaching resources. Um, If you are someone who is in need of figuring out how to go about this process for yourself, if you do want to develop and heal and grow or whatever the words are that you use, um, then reach out like there's nothing wrong with reaching out and just seeing what's available. All right. So I hope that you will consider that. I hope that uh, this was helpful to you. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, statements, feel free to post it here right now so that I can answer that. Otherwise I'm going to close this thing out. Um, Yeah. uh, Things are, things are good. Like things are really good. Uh, Something positive for positive people is, Again, a well, I didn't say this the first time, but it's also a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uh, takes donations to support people who are seeking donation based mental health resources for helping them with navigating stigma. In addition to that, I am working to uh, get STD prevention efforts to include our lived experiences. We have a lot of amazing stories and experiences that people have shared on the podcast, and it's really important that we take these experiences and stories and we wrap them into some sort of an integrate uh, intervention resource to aid std prevention efforts because we can do that you know the the ways that people are now communicating and learning to communicate uh through something positive for positive people or after having done their own self-education and then come in and share what their experiences are These are things that the general population can really benefit from, and year over year over year, we see STI cases and transmissions are consistently rising, and here we are now speaking up, and now it's just a matter of being heard, so that's what I'm working on. I'm working on getting us heard. This is the most important thing to me right now is allowing for us to get our experiences out there to the general public so that... Disclosing does become a little bit easier so that there is less people, that there are less people who experience any sort of mental health challenges as a result of receiving a diagnosis to support healthcare providers and medical professionals in being able to deliver consistently accurate trustworthy information in regard to not just herpes but all sexually transmitted infections as well as what it means to practice safer sex and be able to give them all give people in general all of the information that they need without the fear of or um the the pressure of uh, coming into contact with someone who is stigmatized and maybe not in the best place for themselves and um I understand that doctors are really really busy and they have so much going on that it's not via it's not a good idea for them to sit and be with someone who might receive their diagnosis and be crying and again i believe that of the people the general population of people who have herpes only 15 ish percent of people are struggling or looking for resources that are going to help them with navigating stigma. And everybody else is just in their relationships or they're doing whatever the work is that they need to do for themselves to uh, differentiate their identity from being exclusively connected to their sexuality. All right. Thank you so much for jumping on this live. I thank you for taking the time to listen. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed and uh, till next time.